1: And good morning, this is Corey here on City Limits and today we have Emma Warren in, we have John McPherson, we're going to be talking about transport, maybe Kev will show up, who knows. So that was a brand new track from Pro Vocals, Hidden Chains. Hey, Kev, you've decided to show up.
2: <laughs> Nicely put, Kev. Oh, Corey, you're okay. Hello, Corey, how are you? It's lovely to hear from you again and all that sort of thing. Oh, it's
1: always lovely to see you. <laughs>
2: yes, we've got uh, John McPherson Day, of course, first Wednesday of the month, uh, last one for the year, John, uh, last uh, show for the year, isn't it wonderful? Um, <laughs> and Transport, therefore, is the episode today, and Emma Warren, whom we introduced last week's back in the studio, she's come back for a second burst. isn't Good that morning. wonderful? Good morning. <laughs> we didn't
3: scare her off
1: last <laughs> no, night. No, we
2: didn't. And... Uh, And in fact, today being transport and also because of the climate change situation, the Paris, um, well, whether it's a farce or not, we'll find out in eight or 10 days. But uh, we're going to talk in the first half as well, John, on on transport as well, of course, to um, Paddy Moriarty, Professor Moriarty Mm. these days, as you know, Professor Moriarty, um, who uh, is at Monash, and he is going to talk to us about... Um, the transport's contribution to climate change, because there's been a hell of an emphasis on coal, but in mm. fact, transport, mm. there's some estimates that about 30% of our CO2, I'm not sure whether that's correct. Paddy no, correct us, it's,
4: up, it's up there. i getting um, close, yeah.
2: is, is contributed to by, by transport in sure. various forms. So and I think most people know, because he's a pretty, he's a regular, a regular as we call him, uh, Paddy um, researches in all these areas, mm. and mm. so um, he'll come up with some stuff. So that's Patty in the first half, and then you in the second half, John, talking about... we well, Second, we'll see how we go in the second half. How far into it we go before we get to you? Because we've got to get you upset. That's right. You've got to see. How, you've got to see how far you can. Uh, exactly.
4: You can test me. Oh, but it's the last. Hey, it's the last show of the year. I'm laid back. Oh, well, well, see how laid back you are in about twenty to 10. Okay. If I start
2: chewing up the most no, exactly. Now, who wants a cup of tea out of this crowd? Yes, please. Yes, yeah, so please. two hands, up. no, oh, Corey, no, I didn't even bring a cup in for I know. Okay, well, I'll, you keep talking about something because I'll just pour the tea here. <laughs> hey,
4: I, one, one thing that did occur to me with, with transport is that um, uh, electrification of transport, of course, you know, the easiest parts to electrify, of course, is public transport. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to, uh, to get renewables, you know, into transport is through um, electrification, e.g. running everything on renewable energy. And uh, you know, as we're we're discovering, that's getting easier and easier with um, both wind wind power and um, photovoltaics, uh, and the, the confidence is growing really around the world that um, that renewable energy can do the can do the job. And tr- transport, when it's electrified, can run very easily on on renewable energy.
2: Yes, although not if you listen to the so-called experts from the industry who keep telling us that renewables—they've they, got all these excuses these days. Renewables are, you know, unreliable is the old one. Of yeah, course, yeah, it's, mm. it's
4: getting a bit, but, yeah. bit dated. And did you see but,
1: the, there was a new ad out where they say they're unreliable like a woman? Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> don't right. don't that was that. that was Shell who did that one. It just really it's shocking. <laughs> I really? missed that one. <laughs> uh,
4: uh, don't, I know, don't, the- don't women. Drive cars?
1: <laughs> and that's just hot on the heels of, what is it? Women don't understand coal team gas.
4: Oh, okay. I don't yeah,
1: know right. who these uh, fossil fuel people's advertisers wow. are, but they really... That's right.
2: And there was a headline the other week I showed you, girl something or other, about some metal that wasn't as good as others or something. But I can't remember what it was now, but wow. there was something else, yeah. yeah. What, a girly metal? Girl, yeah, well, it's called girly something or other, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, nice. we know that uh, it's it's... It's, what's his name? That idiot finance minister um, from Belgium. Oh him, yeah. Um, mm, court, yeah. Whatever yeah, yeah. Whatever his name is. Yeah, Whatever uh, his name is. He he talks about girly boys or something. What do you talk? about? that's amazing? Kid oh, that's the. Um,
4: that's yeah. doing the fake. Wielded. He's doing the fake yeah. Arnie thing. Arnie, yeah. you know yeah. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Thank you. That's right. Oh God, it's awful, yeah.
2: isn't it? Um, speaking of great women, though, in this world who made yes, a major contribution, I want to go to um, Jackie Lambie, the um, oh, senator. Yes. Now, Jackie. Jackie says there should be a drug testing for Dole recipients. Um, receiving should there be a
1: drug testing for parliamentarians?
2: Well, I was about to say I was going to say there should be brain tests for parliament. <laughs> After this, you'll realise there should be serious brain tests for parliamentarians before they get in there. Receiving government welfare is a privilege given to you by hard-working Australians who care about the disadvantaged. Well, she obviously does. She wants to cut them off. Mm. Dole payments are meant to be a social safety net to protect you from the hard falls in life, not a jumping castle for you and your mates to party on, John.
4: So there, Kevin. That's right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So there. So that's Jackie. So as I say, I agree. There should now be brain tests for her.
1: Well... I mean, if you are in the doll, and I speak from experience, the only way that you can afford to, you know, get off your mind is is through goon. So are they going to are they going to do a goon test? Are they going to increase the price of goon? Is Jackie Tats Lambie? Goon. Well, is Jackie Lambie going to stop drinking goon before she gets into parliament?
2: Jackie, Jackie would never, never do anything wrong anyway in the first place. She mm. don't forget she fought for this country. She is. Oh, did she? She was a, she was in there. She was in the train. She was a train killer.
1: <laughs> oh well, that makes yeah. me trust her.
2: Yeah, yeah. She. In fact, that's why she comes out so much in support of the the train killer forces. To you know, everything they need, mm. they should get because Jackie's an ex one of them. Mm. Mm. So that's Which so shows that she really has got a mind, hasn't she? Um, one that's quite serious because um, we've mentioned it. We well a few years ago we were involved in a fight and I went to a picket line there. In fact, that um, indigenous school at Glenroy. Uh, Ballot Maroop. Recently, as you know, the government's been trying to sell it off. I wanted to sell it off. And then the council, the local Moreland Council got involved with local Indigenous groups, etc., and community people. And there's been a, number, you know, it's been a strong campaign to save it. And the, the Indigenous community talks about the significance of the sacred tree and other ceremonial things in, in the grounds. And the council offered a million dollars for the site. Now, I don't know why being a public site, it can't just be given to the bloody community as some sort of, you know, because they want to use it as some sort of Aboriginal Mm -hmm. um, heritage site. Um, But the government now says the million isn't enough. It's prepared to to sell the council 25% of the site. Uh, saving the so-called um, so-called sacred bits, they claim, and then the other three quarters will go on the open market to the highest bidder, presumably, therefore, become bigger apartments, etc. This is our et state government. This is it, yeah. Now, um, I,
1: th- I think Uncle Robbie thought would say sovereignty never ceded.
2: No, that's right, that's right, and uh, it's. Well, hopefully, the, the the local council says it's going to keep fighting, etc. But. Uh, I mean, and the minister says it's wonderful that he saved it. For God's sake, he's going to sell three quarters of it to uh, to, to developers. Mm-hmm. So that's not good news this week, but uh, let's hope there's still a campaign floating around and hopefully something will happen. Oh, and related to that, by the way, there's a latest report out from the Australian Medical Association of all people that says that... Um, I think it might even be too low, I think, that Indigenous people are 13 times more likely to go to jail and they comprise 27% of all sentenced mm. prisoners. Mm. And this week, and I, I know I don't agree with what the bloke did, the uh, bloke who hit the woman at the football match and he, he hit court this week. Now, that hitting the woman was not smart and it was wrong. What
1: do you mean not but, smart? Well,
2: it was... it was, Smart it was isn't t-
1: the worst part t- of
2: t- it. Totally wrong and, and, and clearly... Um, he should have um, he should have been charged for it, but because he's a, I think because he was a black man, and particularly because the court was in Western Australia, he got eight months jail this week for that. Mm. And I think if he'd been white, uh, mm. he probably would have got a bond. That's all I yeah. want to say on that one. And yeah,
4: had an expensive lawyer, he probably would have. Caught, well, if he court, that's right. Yeah, he probably would have totally. walked free
2: or something here. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think being black didn't help him in terms of the jail sentence. That's yeah. all. Yes. Um, but you are. And the other one this week, in terms of brilliant people, um, last week um, when Rosie Batty addressed State Parliament uh, because it was the, day, you know, they were having a day about uh, domestic violence, they called it a violence against women, as it really is. Um, this bloke, the member for Burwood, Graham Watt, refused to stand and applaud. He just sat there mm. while everyone else did a standing mm. ovation. And he, he claims he had reasons, but he hasn't yet explained them, mm, but it's very bizarre. strange, isn't it? Yeah. Very strange. And
4: apparently he stood, up for, he, he stood up and clapped for some of the other speakers oh. yeah. and sat down for some, stood up for others, and wouldn't explain what it was about. That's really uh, odd.
2: And Louise Staley, who's another Liberal member, sitting near him, or standing near him at that stage, urged him to get up, but he, he just sat there and refused. To, mm. No idea, but it's very strange indeed. Yeah, isn't
4: it? Yeah. Not a joiner. No,
2: obviously <laughs> not. Well he might be a joiner on other things, but well, that's not right. not, yeah. not when it yeah. comes to uh, women being yeah, bashed, no, you obviously.
4: Left, you left
2: laundry, aren't you? Yeah, you certainly are. And just we'll go to Patty shortly, but just uh I just thought I'd mention that John, you um you're being urged by the treasurer of this country and more particularly the Productivity Commission, which the treasurer will follow. Pedal harder. Flog your home. Flog your home. Oh. Yeah, get rid of your home, and you can then not have to rely on the pension. you well, okay. invested
4: in dodgy companies like BHP? Well, probably, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right.
3: What are you supposed to do after you sell your home?
2: Um, you can then live on that, and you don't. You're not a burden on the tra- on the taxpayer. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's a good move, isn't it?
1: And Great move. Yeah. What about all of us who will never be able to afford a home?
2: Indeed. Uh, you're in deep trouble. <laughs> deep, deep <laughs> trouble.
1: Shall we go to Paddy?
2: Hey, we'll go to Patty. Let's go to Patty, And uh, after this break, and we'll talk about uh, transport's role in climate change and just keep cheering people up, no end.
1: Yeah. So we're just going to go to a track. This uh, track is a brand new one from Select View. It's called On Country.
3: We will fight this every step of the way.
1: You're listening to City Limits on 3CR 855 AM and that was Select Few with a brand new track called On Country.
2: With a few select things left out. Um, the uh, And on the line we've got uh, Paddy Moriarty who of course these days is Professor Moriarty. He's a literary figure.
1: Professor Moriarty. Um, that's right. Oh, oh,
2: oh. Uh, Paddy, I thought on um, on this week we'd, we'd, we'd have a yarn about... Transport's role because there's been a hell of an emphasis on coal and its role in CO two etc and pollution. But transport, John and I were saying we think it's about thirty percent, but you can correct us if you like. Um, of of CO two emissions come from transport in Australia.
0: In Australia, I'm, I'm not sure. Worldwide, the figure is uh, is about twenty three percent of, of energy related CO two. Uh, it could be a bit higher in Australia. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and so it clearly if we 're going to address climate change, we have to address transport and particularly um, petrol driven fossil driven transport
0: yeah it's just it 's interesting the way the world um, transport uh, figures break down uh, in the oecd um, the Organization for economic Cooperation and Development the rich countries club uh, transport emissions are actually falling uh, they peaked about 2008, possibly, and they dropped um, pos- partly because of the world financial crisis. Where the transport emissions are really growing is in the, um, in the, in the, in the industrialising countries, uh, mainly due to rapid uh, um, car ownership there and so on. Um, some reports think that car ownership will double by 2050. Uh, I think they're talking it up myself, but, <laughs> but that's one mm. projection.
4: <laughs> Where will I put the cars? That's the question in places like china where would they put the cars
0: yeah well actually um china's built a lot of freeways it's, it's quite extraordinary um most of them in the uh, in the rural areas uh most of the freeways they have built there can, can be used for drying crops there's so few cars on them <laughs> wow. no, apparently, apparently this is true they are massively overbuilt in the in the cities of course they're, they're very full but uh, <laughs> right, <okay>. I've seen <laughs>
3: pictures um, in China of, like, six-lane highways, wow. freeways that are completely empty. Yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah. wide and, like, not a single car on them.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yes, they've overbuilt. I mean, they've built cities which nobody. Yeah, yeah. The, the
3: ghost cities.
0: Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, um, most of their structures won't last long. So <laughs> mm. <laughs> Right. Well fortunately
4: because the high speed in China. The high yeah. speed train system of course is going to last forever and it's at least it runs on electricity. Yes. yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yes, they're also yeah. in uh, they're also build a maglev, a magnetic levitation. Mm, in China.
1: How
4: cool is that? Oh, it's only very short though, that one in yeah, Shanghai. Yeah, they're, they're planning yeah.
0: to build uh, bigger ones. I mean in Germany and and uh, Japan, the countries that are Not in
4: Germany. Site. No, not in Germany. Germany's no, given no, up. I I'm,
0: I'm saying what they have there is just the test tracks basically. Yes. But, so China's the first one to uh they're actually planning a long one, I think.
4: Oh, uh, that's in Japan. Yeah. Uh, Tokyo to Nagoya.
0: Are they what, what yeah. a uh,
4: as far as I anyhow, look, we're getting down we're getting down a side avenue because <laughs> maglev uses apparently a lot more electricity than than high speed high speed rail on um, ordinary tracks.
1: That's yeah, interesting because well I thought due to the lack of friction that there there would have been less electricity.
0: Yeah, well, rolling friction um, is. Is not the biggest component. The biggest component is air friction. If you have a look at, say, the uh, the, the French TGV, you realise how aerodynamically styled it is. Yes. The, the, because the power consumption is a cube relationship with uh, with um, speed, then uh, that sort of dominates uh, both the rolling friction and the overhead pantograph friction. <clears throat> yeah.
2: Although a new French one on a trial run a couple of weeks ago, you would have noticed uh, actually had an accident and killed a number of people on a trial run, run. Ran off the ah. ran off the rail, and uh, <laughs> and they're not sure how many were on it because a lot of the People who were supposed to be on it bought their kids and bought friends, and so Oi. they're still in and it ended up in a river or something. So they're not sure how, exactly how many were. So we're sure. that was
4: the first. That was the first yeah. serious serious crash they've had yeah. in thirty over thirty years, thirty five yeah. years. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. But getting back to diesel fuel, Paddy, or yeah. petrol fuel as well. But diesel's more dangerous, of course. But, but for a number of years we've talked on this program, and you've talked about the fact that we're reaching the end of the age of oil? And yet the industry now says. That that there's more and more oil being used, etc. What's the story there?
0: Well, yeah. For a start, um, uh, the, the uh, conventional oil is uh, thought to have peaked. That seems to be a, a consensus that that's peaked already, right? That's conventional oil. There's non-conventional oil, uh, and the definition to this vary. Um, what it does include is things like the Canadian tar sands and the Venezuelan heavy uh, oils, uh, but some also include. Uh, Deep uh, ocean oil, as in the uh, you know, the one that uh, the
2: uh, the Mexican Gulf yeah, one, yeah yeah. The yeah. Belt,
0: yeah, yeah, and also uh, even polar oil, right, as mm. unconventional. Um, so, and also you, there's things like uh, what they call lease conden- condensate is normally included. Some included Latin natural gas liquids, which we call LPG. And so it's, and of course, there's also um, in South Africa the, the Sasol plants converts um, coal to oil. Uh, not a lot, but I'm just saying it's, it's, you've got to be very careful what you're talking about when you say oil these days, right? Mm. Others, of course, include um, uh, ethanol uh, when they talk about liquid fuels, and they include um, uh, well, well, renewable fuels as well. But um, what what some people think is that we're on an undulating plateau for uh, before consumption and therefore production, which which closely matches it. A few years ago, the Energy Information Administration in the U.S. used to say that if uh, oil prices were low, then then the economy would um, would boom. Right now, I think, and then they abruptly changed their view. And if the oil prices are low, they said, well, the, that means the economy is not doing too well. In fact. At present, I think the oil prices are some sort of rough index of the of the confidence in the world economy. Right, so it's um, it's fairly complicated. What it does, of course, these low prices—it's still under forty dollars today per per um, uh, barrel—is that uh, it means that uh, that this non-conventional oil can't really be extracted, or if you like, they can't start new projects. The projects that they've already spent money on, they may as well get it out if, it, if the operating costs are less than $40 a barrel. But it's going to kill kill off um, new uh, non, non-conventional oil projects.
1: And that's great mm. news.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And in fact, there's, vastly, there's a vast quantity of non-conventional oil com- compared with conventional oil. Mm. Mm.
2: But, of course, well, one of the arguments in the early days of this, argue, well, this broad argument about the age of the end of oil was that that oil was so cheap to extract and use and that's why the prices were but, but alternatives may well be it may cost you more to get the energy than the energy's worth and in many of those cases that may well be the case Martin
0: Well certainly the, the non-conventional oil the, uh, the economic uh, carbon dioxide cost and uh, general environmental cost are much higher than, than for conventional oil um, in, and in the Alberta region where the Athabasca tar sands are uh, at present like the uh, the athabasca river it's um the biological um uh, oxygen demand there and so on the the river health is uh, because it's still only a small amount of um of uh, shale oil is being extracted uh, or sorry tar sands is being extracted compared with the with the resource so that they can get away with sort of um not doing much about the environment but um if they ever try to in, increase that, they're going to have to do remedial works as well, and that will up the cost further.
4: Mm. And that's hugely energy intensive, isn't it? Extracting the tar sands, you've got to uh, you've got to hit warm it up for one thing before you can even dig it out.
0: Yeah, they're, yeah. they're even talking mm. about um, <laughs> about getting it in situ, in other words, burning uh, the stuff underground to uh, to um, melt it, as it were, and.
4: Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: So what this would mean, I guess, would might be cheaper, but the carbon dioxide costs would be a lot greater. And mm. un- I'm not too sure if you if you could control that very well either. No,
1: no. It seems like there'd be some serious safety concerns.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Um, so, uh, so where are we? Uh, uh, um, sh- will we talk about the sectors, Patty? What, what, what's happening, say, with um, well, there's aviation and there's also um, um, shipping and things like yeah, that. Fright. Yeah, well, well mm. aviation,
0: of course, it's very hard to have a uh, to have a battery-driven plane, right? Or or um, to have a, a plane that runs with cables dangling under it, electric cables dangling from <laughs> it. Um, so it's the one that has to use pretty well liquid fuels. Hydrogen is technically a feasible, but. Um, I think there's there's problems there as well. Like, uh, it, like it blows would, up. I think it wouldn't be so bad with um with say freight trains or with um uh ships where um where weight and so on and space uh requirements would not be a problem. Um so yeah. it's possible you could use um you know uh, say hydrogen made from electricity and so on in those situations.
4: As long as it was renewable um processed yeah, well. renew, with renewable power. Electricity. Yeah
0: yeah um mm. but of course there 's no point in th- from a from a, a, a global warming point of view if you have a, a a renewable energy source, you may as well use it directly you yeah, always yeah. <laughs> uh, rather than converting it into say hydrogen or or, or some other exotic fuel mm. you always um get uh, less carbon dioxide for your energy content right if you, if you use it directly in other words, if you generate um, Wind electricity is best used as electric power.
4: Because every time you change it to something else, yeah, yeah, there's an energy lose. cost yeah. in, mm. the, yeah, in the yeah, conversion yeah. process. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've heard that there's research um, into creating hydrogen fuel by um, getting algae to turn water and, and separate the water, the hydrogen yeah, and the yeah. oxygen in the water.
0: Yeah, it's there's a lot th- written on that. And um, I think a lot of this is uh, overly optimistic. Mm. Uh it's very hard to, um, I, I did some work on it a year or two back and I sort of can't remember it, but um, what you get in the lab... Happens at
2: our age, Paddy, you can't remember a year ago. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but what you get in the lab, it's very hard to um, to, to extrapolate to a huge industrial process. Um, you've got to mm-hmm. make sure that, um, say, the light gets in for the, for the reactions and so on. You've got to make sure that, it, um, that the right strain of algae are there and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, the costs appear to be very high. It presently, it's used to make specialty chemicals that they're using it. Uh, even in, in Australia, they, they, they've got these algae um, ponds and so on as well. But it appears that if you, um, for making commercial energy, which has to be sold at a pretty low price, it doesn't appear to be feasible.
1: Mm. Fair mm. enough. Yeah.
2: The Greens have recently come out with a policy about promoting electric cars, and in fact, the, as they'll... As our traditional motor industry closes down, converting those jobs into jobs around electric cars and supporting the industry, how realistic is that at this stage?
0: Um, Well, electric cars, uh, well, I mean, I I think I I agree with them that the Australian car industry doesn't look very healthy. Um, So... Yeah, uh, in fact, in America, uh, there are there are car companies that have started up, or electric car companies have started up, that uh, that owe nothing to the, to the to the conventional car companies. So it is a place where start-ups are are, are possible. Um, at present, of course, uh, in in Victoria, uh, you'd actually have more carbon dioxide emissions by running an electric vehicle <laughs> than you would by running a petrol vehicle, <laughs> courtesy mm. of our brand coal. Yeah. yeah. Um, a, yeah. Yeah.
2: But it, but it, let's 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 go let's say we get to the point where we do recharge it with renewable energy um <laughs> yeah. does it become viable?
0: Yeah. It um well uh, from a greenhouse gas point of view it would certainly uh reduce it um but uh yeah, I think we already have electric vehicles they're called trams and trains. Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John was making that point earlier. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, of course, they, they run on um, overhead uh, wires. So they have talked about running electric vehicles that way as well, having a, a side rail on the freeways, mm-hmm. right, which you'd uh, charge and so on. Um, I mean, you could have a third rail on the uh, road, but it'd be pretty hard on the, uh, on the pedestrians trying to cross, I think.
4: Well, yeah. <laughs> <But> even <laughs> even with the trams now, they're getting quite excited in Europe about induction systems in the ground underneath the trains for charging, yeah mm.
0: well, that's been mentioned for electric vehicles as, as, as well, induction charging um, because not everybody has a uh, uh, has a, uh, an enclosed garage mm.
1: so what's induction happen? charging?
0: Uh, you have yeah. a um, I'll leave that actually, to Paddy <laughs> well, uh, what you can do you can actually park the vehicle and um, have induction coils under the road and it will charge the, the, the
1: what's vehicle. an induction coil?
0: Uh, <laughs> look, I did uh, have a high school physics uh, 60 years ago, right? I don't know. I've forgotten. It t-
1: turns electricity
4: into some sort of radio wave type thingy that will propagate through the air gap between the ground and the, underneath the car and then it'll be absorbed into a sort of a collector and it'll then be an passed field, into the I battery. It, yeah. It'll be an
0: electromagnetic field at some Yeah, ever, electromagnetic or, field. Or, yeah. Or how they yeah. charge, I'm not sure, but I guess they can, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs>
2: we, well, we hope you're enjoying the City Limits Science show today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Paddy, I noticed Transurban have been in the news recently because they've bought a new freeway in Brisbane as well, and they're promoting this Western freeway in Melbourne. Uh, now, one of the arguments they put up was that once they bought it I have to make sure more cars go on it, which doesn't huh. seem to me to be encouraging less pollution.
3: <laughs> Building freeways does not fix the traffic problem ever.
0: No, it, does yeah, not. <laughs> it just
3: fills um, with more cars.
0: The main problem with Melbourne is, is of course, it's growing so far. Yeah, and, out, and, out of um, suburbs. What you get as a city gets bigger, you get external costs or you, or you get non-linear costs. In other words, it's true that developers have to build local roads, right? And, of course... Um, say, a car trip in the outer suburbs where they've put in a new estate, the first 200 yards will be on uh, roads built by the the developers, right? But Mm. the next 20 or 30 kilometres, they'll be on the other roads that everyone else uses, right? Yeah. And and this is why they're talking about, you know, putting in an underground loop to uh, South Yarra and um, more freeways Mm. and so on. Um,
1: Don't get John started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a no, fan no, of no, Melbourne
4: I, Metro, <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I think this is one thing that we really have to address: is that is is the size of Melbourne Well, an Australian mm. population in, in, in general, yeah,
4: yeah.
2: Indeed, one of the things they have put forward is to to balance the new roads that Transurban wants to build and get lots of money out of in the west. They also now will expand the Monash at the other end, around around Springvale and going up past Anenong, et etc. So. Um, all we're seeing is more proposals for more roads. In fact,
0: yeah. Well, well, see, one of the things is, I mean, why do people live in cities? And the reason, one of the reasons, is is congestion. In other words, a lot of people are in a small space, right? That's why people go there. So cities, uh, you know, you can't avoid congestion really in cities. I mean, I, I mean, if you don't want congestion, go to Alice Springs or someplace, right? So, right.
2: Um, well, if everyone went there, that had congestion, Melbourne would be good. So they would be good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Here's another little irony: electric cars aren't going to solve the congestion problems if there are as many no. electric cars as there are mm. as there are, you know, current cars. That the congestion is going to be just as bad.
0: Exactly. But I must say that the idea of having plug-in um, hybrids is not a bad one. In so far as the, re- the, thing, the thing that killed um, uh, fully battery-driven electric vehicles was that in the end. Uh, your, your energy in your batteries was used to pull around the other the batteries, right? Which is a bit of a loser's game. With the uh, with the uh, basically petrol, um, we're having a petrol backup, which has a, an energy density many times that of a battery, even a lithium battery. You can run say um, say thirty kilometers a day easily on a small um, mm. bank of batteries, and then use petrol. It's sort of insurance, as it were. Mm,
4: mm. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
2: P- Paddy, one you may not know anything about. I know it's terrible <laughs> to say to you you might know anything about something, but there's a plan at the moment by Vic Roads to treat that intersection at the corner of the Princess Highway and Springvale Road and Police Road where they all meet, and it's an incredible situation. Um, do you know anything about that? Because I believe I've heard there's there's local people quite upset about some of the plans. They're,
0: they're planning to uh, have uh, divided levels, are they?
2: They're yeah, planning to have the Princess Highway. In fact, would become a bridge here. Yeah, it would be separation
0: yeah well, well of course they're doing that at uh, murrumbina where i live they're, they're doing it for the railway crossings as well right um uh, one of the things that, yeah, as a as a as a pedestrian i ask myself will it make things easier or harder for yes. uh, for pedestrians mm, kind of <laughs> the the rail gate closures are are are, are great for crossing <laughs> the road if you're a pedestrian <laughs> uh, but um mm-hmm. also there's a loss of um like especially shops along um the road, you know, if you if you uh, raise the road, then of course um, those shops then then, then face either a, an earth mound or a steel stanchions, right? Which is not a great mm. shopping precinct. So there is always a loss when you um, of um, real estate when you uh, do that. Yeah,
2: sure. we'll pick up on it more next year. But apparently, one of the real complaints is that Police Road would lose all turning points altogether, be closed off, and so the worry is that those that traffic will end up. In local residential streets all over mm. the place, but anyway, it's it's a campaign that's going to build up. I suspect. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Patty. Um, anyone else got any more? Yeah. Emma. Yeah.
3: Um, what about driverless cars? Oh yeah. That's driverless a new car. thing that people are talking about. Not well, that it's going to solve the world, but.
0: It's, it's got a long history. In 1935, General Motors developed the driverless vehicle, right? Mm. Uh, using purely electromechanical devices, because mm. this was before um, the uh, the uh, the transistor and our new IT and so on. Um, in Korea, it's, uh, like the there are some driving around. I've seen the videos uh, on YouTube of these um, driverless vehicles. They they had a blind guy doing it. Mm. Um, I remember they described a test in, uh, in in South Korea. They took the vehicle over to South Korea. It was a pretty foggy day. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, the the vehicles kept drifting over to the other side of the freeway. The wow. City, which is not good. No. So um, I think a few things like <laughs> but, that. I mean, it's like,
1: you know, the GPS system. It was just awful when it came out and it kept pointing you down the wrong way, yeah. down one-way streets. But, you know, now it's good. They've worked on it. Yeah,
0: it will improve, yeah. Yeah. Um, one one other question is why, and I think it's because they can, right? Uh, I don't think it's really going to... Um, it's not going to solve the outstanding problems no. of, of, of congestion. I mean not think will so save all um, either. Something it'll help road safety. I'm not <laughs> sure. See, the thing is, if this is a, a worldwide system, system, you know, um, or can you be sure that the that people have uploaded the latest software properly, given the number of screw-ups
3: get. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like a bit of a nightmare, I think. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all right. Uh, as I say, as long as there are people in white lab coats standing around, these things work. But what happens if... <laughs> <you> <laughs> <know>? Exactly. <laughs> well, they'd just give everybody a lab coat, then it'll be fine.
2: <laughs> so you wouldn't be sitting in the back seat feeling quite relaxed, Patty.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I've been on a driverless train. I thought that was a good oh, idea. yeah.
0: Driverless train. Um, yeah, well I see this mm. um They're
4: quite common. Mm. But,
0: yeah, well I, I see. well they've got the Morgantown system in West Virginia, that's a it um it joins the three campuses of the uh University of West Virginia. Now West Virginia as you know is a mountainous state and um the, you know, the the settlements are along river valleys and so on and anyhow so to solve a timetabling problem they built a um a driverless sort of a tram, right? Mm. Uh, it's still working. It started in the seventies.
4: Oh wow um
0: yeah, and it's it's I mean the it's an elevated system, and I think they and there was federal money for it, so of course it got built. You know, and I think it, each each carriage takes about twelve or something, right? But it's been going since then. So, but mm. then again, you ask yourself, um, you know, I mean, sure, if we were if we were desperately short of labour but it's not exactly the world's problem, you
3: know No, it's a mm. bit of a weird techno-fix that <laughs> yeah, some urban planners are getting very excited about Yeah, it yeah, does yeah.
2: cost jobs, doesn't it and uh, that's one of the big problems, yeah well,
0: uh, well, I was, no, not, I was thinking noticed, yeah, go, yeah. go on, Penny. yeah I just noticed on my line, on, on Dan and on the line, they they take back the empties, these um, container things, and that's uh, and, and they have it's, it's about a kilometre long mm. and um, And there's only the one driver. It might have as many as five locos hitched up together. So that's something. I mean, why would you bother replacing that driver? I mean, <laughs> and a lot of coal mm. trains can be a mile or more long, and uh, mm. Mm. you know, so it's uh, not
4: labour cost. Don't worry. Rio Tinto is going automatic for their car, their uh, iron ore trains in in the Kimberley. Yeah, they're using mm. driverless trucks as well. They're trying to get rid of the last driver on the, mm. on, the on the on the thirty thousand tonne iron ore train. <laughs> well,
0: well, it's a good thing to beat unions. I, uh, that's right. Them. Yeah, well, that's, mm. I, that's
4: yeah. their that, that's their attitude exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I was thinking, speaking of, Paddy, when you mentioned the timing of the first driverless car that GM produced in America, that yeah. was about the same time as they're also closing down the public transport system, <laughs> which they bought up to close down.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, the, the streetcar systems. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, public transport hasn't really come back in America. It's quite anomalous in, in the Western countries. It's increasing everywhere else. I mean, it's increasing a bit in America, but it's still only a couple of percent of the total, you know, uh, surface transport task. It's very small, mm. whereas it's rising in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, and I think, well, partly it's... Uh, I mean, I, I, I've castigated the increase in, in of the population in Melbourne before, but that's, that has, in fact, helped public transport. You might have noticed that they're now, think, they're now going to run uh, night trains mm. from 12 to 6. Um, well, yes. they have the night rider system, the bus system, and this is the, uh, the uh, train equivalent. Mm. So when I remember that there was a 40-minute cycle time for Sundays in the 80s on Melbourne's public transport... And anyhow, on Sundays, I mean, you went into Melbourne, there was nothing happening there, anyhow. <laughs> well, you went to church, nothing else. <laughs> 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 of course you did. <laughs> <Of>
4: course.
2: <laughs> well, as an old St. What, 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 which were you again, Paddy? I keep forgetting which school. Uh, St. Patrick's. St. Patrick's, an old St. Patrick's boy, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, look, we'll let you go, unless anyone else has got nothing else. Yes, I'm sure John's getting anxious to get onto another other transport issues. He's, he's, okay. not, he's shaking vigorously, I Okay, um, thank you all. Thank okay, you. thanks, Thank Patty, you. and thanks for your help oh, all cheers, year, buddy. It's our last trade sports show of the year, so thanks for your help all year, and um, we'll catch up with you next year. Oh, well, you didn't even hear that. <laughs> uh, anyway, look, we'll go straight to John, because it is
4: uh, now uh, 43. Oh, should you we go to a track? Yeah, okay, okay, one more track, all right. Um, oh, yes, one this... more track. More blips. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this song is a new one from MIA called Borders. <laughs>
2: Okay, back on and transport, city limits. city limits, 9.47, 3CR,
1: (laughs) 8.55am, and that was MIA with borders. And now Emma, you may speak. Okay, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thank you, yeah, I forgot. Being at my age, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, uh, Emma, yeah, I know you've got to raise some. Want to raise something with John? Because before coming here this morning, John, it happened again. I was crossing. I was on Scotchma Street, crossing Nicholson, with that tram, you know, the, and mm-hmm. there was a tram going each way at the corner intersection. Yeah. And I thought, oh, uh, surely the light won't go, Amber, until the they both let trams let go, have gone, yeah. And, yeah. But No, it went, and no. both trams were caught at the end. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, that's Just, well, just another observation. Yeah.
4: No. Well, it, it, every, every now and again, all the issue of tram priority gets raised, and, and, and VicRoads then protests that yes, yes, we're working on it. It's going to be wonderful. But then, as we all observe, nothing ever seems to improve. No. no. Mm-hmm. And you get these weird, weird things where you think that tram must be detected they must be going to give that a little bit more priority to mm. get through before the lights turn turn red yeah. and as as kevin's just described nothing happens mm. and that, that that goes on and on and on and you see it you see it all over the place i have heard that you know vicroads works on a cycle of about 15 years in working through all the intersections and improving the way the traffic lights work and if that's the case you know, that's a very long time. A long time. <laughs> we be, mm. we're, all going, we? we're all going to be, you know, we're all going to be retired well and truly by mm. the time it, by the time it's fixed.
1: Are we going to be blaming Vic Roads, or are we going to be blaming the state government that doesn't prioritise funding Vic Roads? Well, oh, that's no. what Vic Roads would no, say, of course.
4: No. Vic Roads always says we haven't got enough funds, mm. no, but we... then somebody prioritises where the funds are spent, mm. and um, my suspicion would always be that Vic Roads wouldn't spend up big on public transport unless they got. A minister who very mm. firmly directed them. And, of course, Vic Roads would say, oh, we're an independent agency. We just mm. make our own We priorities. just direct all the transport ministers. Yeah. They always all have. All the yeah. community yeah. Yeah.
3: demanding it. Um, the extension um, from mm-hmm. South Morang to Mernda.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, the community would just like... Like, it's mm. the fastest growing growth corridor mm. in Australia. And... They weren't going to extend the, the rail, line. rail line.
4: No, no, that that, that was mm. an extraordinary campaign. Yeah,
3: it was massive. That
4: really spooked. Very successful. Spooked the um, Labor Party into acting. Yeah, yeah. but they. But, they but, it, but, it, but you know, there are another there are another you know probably four extensions like that that, are that needed. need to
3: happen, yeah. and
4: and um, they don't. I mean, it, I mean, it's. Um, it's, it's 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 extraordinary. Emma and I. Emma, well, Emma was mentioning public transport yep. in the outer suburbs. Well, as we know, <laughs> public transport when you get beyond the inner suburbs in Melbourne gets mm. worse and worse and worse. Yeah.
3: People spend about twenty percent longer than people mm-hmm. in the inner city um, commuting.
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: And not just because
1: they're further away.
3: Pardon? And not
1: just because they're further away.
3: Well, yeah, mainly, yeah, because it's a geographical. Mm. Obviously, but there's also
1: (laughs) there's also um, added time because of not just the distance, but the inefficiency of mm. the
3: public transport system, Mm.
1: and also, um,
4: and the buses may come every forty minutes. Yeah, and also car parking up until about nine pm (laughs) when they stop altogether. Mm. Mm.
3: It can be an issue, like if you're right out in the outer suburbs of driving to the train station and needing to get there really, really early to get a car, car, like a spot to park your car Mm. so then you can get the train. Like you need to get there at like 7 o'clock in the morning to get a car park to
4: get the train. Well, here's where I put my Public Transport Users Association hat on and say you simply cannot build enough car parking. No, you can't. Stations (laughs) for everybody to drive to the station. And yet that's the mindset of governments. Mm. and the, even the people who provide public transport, you have to provide good quality, frequent bus services bus service exactly so that people you. can leave the house and say, kiss the little wifey on the cheek and say, <laughs> okay. see you tonight darling This is your, <laughs> this is your
1: heteronormative fantasy <laughs> suburban fantasy
4: <laughs> 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 and You never go to a world job And then you, and you just toddle with your briefcase down to the end of the street in Down Lumber to Hull.
1: your 9 to 5 job there's a, there's, where you obey it, the boss all day right. no, Yes sir, no sir.
4: And there's a frequent bus that you can hop on and get to the station and then there'll be a frequent train. Exactly.
1: Take you where you need to Getting go. those connections yeah. right. So it's not actually yeah. the queers breaking down the fundamental nuclear family, it's the lack of public transport. Uh,
4: That's right. <laughs> I think I yeah I think I'll say yes to it. <laughs> yes. You just say yes God <laughs> yeah. much safer. So so for some reason in Melbourne we just don't do not seem to get it that there's an older core of Melbourne that that had reasonably decent public transport mm. it's still not fantastic by you know inter- international standards no. right. the frequencies are not fantastic i mean on my tram line the, the trams come every 8 minutes all day and that's pretty good but, gee, if that was if that was somewhere in Europe, it would be every five minutes yeah. and they wouldn't think of having mm. them any less frequently. No, and we know there.
2: that yeah. in Perth, in the Northern Line, um, as, the, as the city expands on the urban fringes, the mm. train line goes with it. So yes. when people move in, the train line's there. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, right. That's here, how it yeah, should be done. Yeah, the problem in Melbourne's been the urban sprawls occurred but mm. public transport extension stopped about 1943
4: yeah. or something. <laughs> and, yet, um, and yet there are some yeah. lines that the line's still there but the electrification's all they need and that hasn't been yeah. done. In the yeah. Last like mm-hmm. That's just of, so frustrating South of Frankston down to Baxter At mm. least towards the Mornington Peninsula is one Melton is perhaps in my yeah. view Classic And the classic. also um, to
3: Whittlesey as well Yes, yes And, um,
4: that, and that, yeah. that's, that, that's still got the old reservation Yeah, that, in they, place, they've which, got the land set aside That's right, yeah. that's right. Often and the yet, land is set aside And yet these things just don't ever happen mm. uh, you know, And if they happen It's like, like the Munder um, extension it's, it's a sort of almost a political miracle it almost is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: It's not
1: a miracle. <laughs> it's a concerted uh, campaign. public action but, in, at work.
4: But if we had a if we had a competent, rational administration, these are the things that would be happening as Emma was saying, when they're needed. Yes. When they're not not twenty or thirty years later when everybody yeah. and their dog has got their own car. That's right. You set up the patterns.
2: Like, you know, as we've said time and again, what's now the Eastern Freeway mm. was meant to be the li- road line to Don, mm. was set aside as the rail line to Doncaster and they mm. built a freeway. Mm. Now if you'd built a rail line before the freeway mm. or not built the freeway at all, mm. uh, the transport patterns of those people in that corridor would mm. be so different now. <laughs> exactly. but, but then you've got it once, once it's there, you, it's much more difficult to mm. wean people mm. off and onto mm. public transport.
4: But could I, could I also emphasise there are huge outer parts of existing Melbourne that the Um, have terrible bus services, if they have any at all. Mm. That huge southeastern area that's filled up between the Dandenong Line and the Frankston Line, for instance. And then, of course, there's Point Cook and and the whole of Wyndham. Apparently, there are some decent bus services feeding to the new railway stations at Wyndham Vale and Tarnate. Apparently, that's been done reasonably well. And again, that's not a miracle. But if that needed to be done, there are again mm. another six places in Melbourne that needed the same, exactly the same thing. Definitely. It's no way unique. It's just that somehow or other it's it's come onto the radar. Mm. Um, P- Point Cook is a very successful community, but getting from Point Cook to the railway station yeah. is a nightmare. Yeah, and people <laughs> people um, are, are concluding they may as well continue in the in the stop start yeah. traffic on the freeway to the city rather than yeah. trying to force their way onto. Mm to crowded trains yep. the crowded trains can be ameliorated now because the Geelong trains are going on another route so that line's got the capacity but the government in the last six months hasn't done anything about it they're still running the old service on the on the, um, Werribee line where they could have mm. improved the service 50% mm. with the extra capacity that's now available but they haven't done it because they think there's a political problem with the Frankston line that that where the trains are running through from one line to the other. Um, so so it's, cap- it's capricious. There's no... there's no um, Planning. Planning. It's done on a capricious basis yeah. with licking the finger and holding it up to the breeze to see which way they think they might get a few extra votes. Mm. Yeah. They wouldn't dare run the road system in the way they run the public oh, transport no, system. No.
2: There's got to be a road for people, just not mm. public transport. But you, and of course, there's, someone said that where there's a will, there's a way, and it's the will that matters. There's no will to do this. There's a will to build roads because big mm. roads, big roads controls mm. transport policy. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. so and, and also the further you get out on the radial system, of course, mm, the bigger the, 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 the gaps. gaps it goes, mm. The bigger the gaps. But even in a urban. But sure. circumferential travel is very difficult often. Mm. Even, you mm. know, if I live in Brunswick and I want mm. to go to Northcote, it's difficult to get there. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um,
3: there are buses, sorry, but are, it, I think yeah, there there it's are, a yeah. lack of knowledge about those bus routes. But it's also,
2: like, I wanted to go to a concert Saturday night, but I realised it was going to finish after public transport finished mm-hmm. and oh, I was yeah. going to be stranded. I hate that. I was going to be stranded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even though it's not not that far from where I live, it's a long way home at, you know, one or two in the morning. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. And, and again, even the buses, of course, get caught at the intersections and every time they get caught at the intersections, they um, lose lose time. And yeah. That happen. You know, that can happen. The buses don't have priority.
1: Well, we're going to have to wrap this up until next year, I'm afraid. This is the <laughs> the last City Limits Transport show for the year. Well, we've had John McPherson, we've had Emma Warren, we've had Kevin Healy, and me, Corey.
2: Corey Green.
1: Times nine fifty seven. City Limits,
2: 3CR. I bet Corey's got one more track she wants to play before. <laughs> <laughs> just got this feeling, okay? But John, look, thanks for all your work this year, seriously, no, no. and um, look forward to next year again. We'll get you back. Sure, well, well thank,
4: thanks for having me. We'll yeah. keep. <laughs> we'll ke- nice we'll to keep. meet you. Yes, nice to meet you, Emma, yeah? See you, see you again. And Emma, uh, we'll, well,
2: yes. Emma will be back next year. We're sure Emma will be back next year she Excellent. just loves us, obviously. <laughs> uh, we'll, okay. keep, we'll keep chipping away. Yeah. Okay, here's Corey's track, whatever it is.
1: Uh, this is Bob Dylan with Masters of War. <laughs> Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia on the Kulin Nation. For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to www.3cr.org.au.